Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All About Reality. We're going old school, some of the happiest time of the year for Goody and I, the NFL draft. I get hyped to sit down and watch it. Goody, welcome back. How does it feel to be back on the mic after a couple of weeks? Oh, feels feels solid. Uh, it's always a kind of a nice break from our reality. Sounds good. Yes. And speaking of reality, there's some awesome news in reality for Ryan Krauchek. We will let him break that news to you as the time seems fit, but just know he is doing well. He'll be back on the program uh, as soon as he can, but it's all good in his world. Um, and so we'll leave that to him, but I just good times. And I can't wait to hear some of his analysis on some of the players that he called out and goodies. So I'm going to start here. Um, the player that I've been extraordinarily excited about, Bijan Robinson, we talked about last time, ends up getting top 10 NFL draft capital, goes to Atlanta, and I think slots in as the number one pick in all formats. And I, I, I'm more convicted now than what we were speaking of that before. So just to get that out of the way, that's one of the few slots that just came through um, and you can put it up in lights from the NFL draft. Uh, and so... Any, any any insight you have there? Are you feeling the same? Uh, do you think any of the quarterbacks bounces above him in Superflex? Are we still good? Are we still simpatico on Bijan Robinson? Well, definitely simpatico on Bijan Robinson. The question the question is though, like it is kind of the quarterback position. I mean, it's it, it's Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke with you know a running back with top 10 draft capital not you know a, a coach who was brought in who had success you know as a coordinator in Tennessee but just like you know you're you're kind of a, a little bit concerned at least this year on game script I would think just with that so it's just like of course overwhelming you know anytime a running back gets that type of capital you know, it's, it, it's an, it's a no brainer in that case, but it's just, it's also just really interesting to me from an NFL perspective, I, I would say as well. It is, you're right. And last year we were targeting this division to produce fantasy goodness this year, right? Instead of Tom Brady, you have either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask throwing balls. New Orleans might be slightly better with Derek Carr winging it down there. And then you have the, the rookie in Carolina. And so I, I actually don't think game scripts may be as bad in the sense that they're not going to be, I think, just getting run off the field perhaps in that division as 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 we see a rookie go through growing pains. Derek Carr's never been one to light up the scoreboard in an extraordinary fashion. And as much as I've kept the candle burning for Baker Mayfield, I, I don't think he's an intimidating NFL quarterback at this point. So I think I think... I think my concerns and your concerns can be alleviated by the fact that they're at least in division, they're going to have a good run or a good chance to stay and not get script Bijan out of games. Um, but let's speak to that because this is where it gets really fascinating to me. We see this run on rookie quarterbacks almost exactly as we hoped for, for fantasy. And you see Bryce Young go, you see CJ Stroud go, you see Anthony Richardson go, and bang, 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 suddenly we have a potential replenishment at the quarterback position. There's already hot takes flying all over everywhere. Uh, Will Levis, we can add to that mix. Hendon Hooker, if you want to talk about him, can come in like with some second-round capital. Those two uh, come into the equation. But in Superflex Leagues, uh, 
this is the, the this is the real question now. Are those guys going two, three, four in some order? So I'll do that first, and then we'll and then we'll talk about uh, how you and I like to order them. I mean, absolutely. I think based on what the landing spots for the, the the big receivers in the class. I mean, I I know I know Ryan like Jameer Gibbs and and you know the trade. Let's talk about the trade of DeAndre Swift to to Philadelphia. I mean, I think you know that's going to be a, a great spot for him I, I, first and foremost. So foremost, so that probably sends him you know, to draw to capital that we haven't seen before, I think in, you know, in Detroit. Um, I, I mean, given, given where the receivers went and who, you know, who was off the board, like basically, I think, I think the chalk was Jackson Smith and the Jigbo was going to be the first receiver off the board. He was, but it was at 20 to Seahawks who, you know, have a, a pretty loaded wide receiver room. Um, so, you know, g- given that, and then, I mean, obviously like we've talked about Quentin Johnston, I mean, it's basically just like, <laughs> you know, you like him more if Mike Williams gets injured because he basically can be Mike Williams in that way. Like that's probably like his, be- his best comp. I mean, I, I, I like that for Herbert, but, um, and then, I mean, all those receivers kind of went in the twenties. So I, I think definitely super flex league, you're definitely going quarterbacks in, in those, in, in, you know, in the two, three, four spots of a, of a super flex league, you know, and, and you could, if you're quarterback thirsty, you could probably justify maybe using the one on that, depending on like what your league looks like. And, and, and you know, and, and for me, like no change, I, I think I'm wondering like any change in the order, I'd probably be a coin flip between Young and Stroud as my first quarterback. I would, you know, and then the other one, I'd, I'd still have ahead, ahead of Richardson just because I think he projects more, you know, a little bit, a little bit more of a project. So I, I think like, you know, if you, if you have a chance to get it right, you know, in different times that you, it's, it's easier to get it right with a passing quarterback than a running quarterback. Yeah, fair enough. And what we're looking at now, the, the league released and by the league, I mean, uh, reality sports online, our website released the rookie salary scale for the upcoming year. And here's what we're talking about with first round picks. If you're picking at the top and you're going with Mr. Bijan Robinson, you're looking at 9.32 million in the first year, ascending to nearly 12 million in the fourth year of a rookie contract. And that's tightened up to 9.6, ascending to 10.8 over a three-year rookie contract, depending on which setting your league uses. That's the start of in the top of the first round, which I think is a value you want to lock in, knowing exactly that we, you and I have talked about it ad nauseum to our audience that we're both comfortable paying up for single years of elite running back talent, which is a lot of where the, the frankly, the league is headed right now. When I read out the list of names to you of, of running backs that comprise the top of, of the dynasty rankings, for example, we really are looking at, at a question about whether or not Gibbs can can creep in ahead of your least favorite of that tier of quarterback. But so here's the deal. You're looking at just, just north of 9 million to just south of 12 million for the first selection in the first round of a rookie draft. And at the bottom selection, you have 4.3 million in the first year, ascending to 5.5 million. That cost-controlled player is so delightful. Um but it's more the the end of the round that I'll be concerned with. You named three wide receiver names that I'm uh, still relatively in love with. And then 
that bottom half of the first round creeping down into the second round is where I, uh, I think we can, we can have a meaningful discussion, right? As basically at the top of the second round, those contracts have essentially 2.26 million uh, at the, at, for the 2.01. And so that's my focus for tonight. We're looking at RSO and we're looking at the back half of a first round and all the way maybe through the top of the third round where I think there's just a pick your poison, pick your favorite player, giant tier. And so it may lead to some fun and some movement. I like what you said about these these quarterbacks. I, as you know, I, I I'm a I when you get these kind of profiles like Anthony Richardson, you get the kind of kid like he's a man that is just literally never we've never pardon me seen the things that he did in Indianapolis before. You tether that with a good coaching staff, put him next to Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. You have like an offensive line in place that can open holes for them. You already have an undisputed wide receiver one in Michael Pittman. And now we're cooking. And I think um, the the recent commentary coming out of Indianapolis, I don't know if you've seen it after the weekend, is all about how striking believes that you should, that a quarterback learns on the job. So you might not even have to wait for a Minshew training period for Richardson, or you might only have to wait a couple of games. So for me, I think I put him as the clear 1.02. And then I coin flip between Young and Stroud, depending on, on what you prefer there. Uh, and, I, and I've and i been going back and forth between the two of them a lot. Uh, but I think maybe my preference and my inclination following you is to lean towards Young just with the top overall pick. And I think Carolina hasn't sabotaged their future in terms of future draft picks to get them help. And so that's where I'm at between those guys. Now, the new rival in the division, apparently. So weird to think of the Detroit Lions that way. But they 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 spent a whole bunch of that morning, uh, or probably that evening on Friday, burning the goodwill of fantasy analysts across the industry by drafting an off-ball linebacker and a running back with their first-round draft capital. But for fantasy, sure, that's fine. We'll take Jameer, Jameer, Jamar Gibbs there. Jameer Gibbs, pardon me. And then they send DeAndre Swift packing, as you say, to the, the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, top 12 capital for Jameer Gibbs. Goody, where do you think he slots in now in the league as far as running backs that you would like, knowing that he's going to be on a rookie contract? That's the fascinating part for me. Like, what? where do we even put this guy? Yeah, it's a, it's a real good question. I think that I think David Montgomery is there too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was brought in via free agency, which – yeah, he Maybe. got big money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like but a one-year deal, right? I think. No, he's got a few years on the deal, but like they I presumably he slots into that banger role, but he can catch passes, yeah. so you never know. So. Right, but like obviously Jamal Williams found Pater a lot there, so like Dan Campbell could be using use, using that. But if but I, I mean the Lions said they would have traded up higher even for Jameer Gibbs. So I I mean like he he he's got to be in cement as the as the number five I, I would say as the number five pick in super flex leagues and probably in, and in one QB leagues he's probably number two. Like what? Like would you? Why wouldn't you think that? Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's good. I right like that. This is kind of cool. The clarity that comes from the draft. I think you have to have someone a real hot take artist in your league to to diverge from that. So now I'm just going to name names for you. 
uh, on the bigger level because that I am with you there. I but what is fascinating to me is when I look around the entire NFL, this is a guy that is under 200 pounds, and I don't believe in arbitrary cutoffs like that. But right. that we we haven't seen a lot of success amongst diminutive backs of that stature. But here's where the fantasy landscape is already valuing him. I, I'm just going to play a game with you. It blew my mind when I realized that this is where uh, collectively we're like underdog, we're fantasy pros, like are slotting this guy in on, on dynasty levels. So I'm just going to keep naming names. And when you hear a name, you think that the na- the last name that you're like, oh, that guy, Jameer Gibbs is definitely above him. So just I'm going to name names. And then you tell me where you think he's slotting in for our compatriots, our fellow fantasy general managers all over the league in the NFL. So here's what it looks like right now. And this gives our listeners a good litany of who these running backs are. So here's what the landscape looks like. Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Walker, the third. Well, that's Kevin. interesting right there with Walker because now Charbonnet the and you know, like was picked by the Seahawks too. I mean, the Seahawks did a lot to like really mess with people's like, you know, ideal draft scenarios. This yeah, yeah. Pete Carroll does not care about our ideal landing spots for fantasy. That's for, for sure. sure. Yep. But yeah, good, good for the. I mean, good for them. Their offense looks more potent. Charbonnet right. was a, a favorite of mine, and. Uh, like certainly JSN. And I think that receiving core is wonderful now for Gino, right? Like if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't pretend Gino is an elite quarterback, but a very competent one, we've seen the success that they could already have and they loaded them up. Good work for them. Good, good, good on yeah. the Seahawks. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've got Bijan, Jonathan, Brees Taylor, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Walker, the third, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris. Yeah. Any of right, those things? Like, yeah, so like I'm looking at fantasy. Pro, fantasy pros has tier three. Jameer Gibbs is number eight. I, I'd, Why I'd rather, are you wasting this game? I was like, tell me where you think he slots in. You shouldn't go oh, to the. I mean, what oh, is going sorry, on? Sorry, like sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. This is I, just nonsense. I, I, mean, I, I think I'd rather. Uh, yeah, this is tough because, like, you know, I still, you know, I still like. I, I still like guys like Chubb. So it's just like, but there's so many question marks in these running backs. Like, you know, like Brees Hall's coming off an injury, like Jonathan Taylor was injured for majority of the year. I think, I think Jacksonville, I don't remember, but I feel like they picked the running back somewhere in mid mid round draft capital. I mean, you still have Austin Eckler who's productive, but who knows where he's going to go. I, I mean, I, I would rather have Josh Jacobs than Jameer Gibbs. Like, you know, I'll, I'll say that. Okay you know, regardless of what his, you know, if he plays on the tag this year and goes somewhere else, I, I think, I think the productivity was there. Um, I, I'd still rather have Nick Chubb than Josh Jacobs. Um, like, or sorry, then, sorry, then Jameer Gibbs, not than Josh Jacobs. I Eckler too. I think like, just give me the bird in the hand there. Like the, the the cutoff guy, I think that I'm kind of like where I'd be, you know, between is probably a guy like Tony Pollard just because of the severity of his injury. I like the situation, but like, you know, I, I feel like they they kind of profile as, as similar similar type backs. And then the then some of these other guys just like become you know question marks. It's like, you know, you see DeAndre Swift like down further than further than so, like, you know. This is this is the this is probably like in a startup where you're like maybe taking more chances on people that you think have top 
10 talent. Like, you know, when you see like someone like J.K. Dobbins down at 16, Dalvin Cook down at 23, you know, like we'd rather have Jameer Gibbs than Dalvin Cook, like all things aside at this point, like, you know. Yeah, I, I'm with I, you. I, I He's still but, only 28 years old and, you know, <laughs> like, sorry, Cook being 28 years old. So yeah, you're totally right. I mean, that's what the landscape's giving us, right? We have like these 28, 27, 28 year old running backs that have proven that they can do it. And that, and yet the, when you go look at startup drafts from two or three years ago, it is just a a wasteland of guys that we thought were going to last for a significant amount of time at the running back position. And right. But I tend to agree with you. We runners like Chubb runners, like Henry seem like outliers relative to that. Um, I I don't, but in that tier with Gibbs are people like Josh Jacobs, who I would rather have for this season, Eckler, who I'd rather have for this season. Yeah. Pollard is a question mark. I think I'd rather have Harris for this season. Stevenson avoided any kind of significant competition in the draft. Uh, and Javante Williams, I don't want any part of for this season. Right. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, and so, yeah. So like, again, I think he's great. I think he's locked in too. That's fine. He's a fun, he's a fun mystery box though. He's like, he's he's like these kids get opening the things on YouTube. Like, I don't know what I'm going to get, but it's fun. It's like, he's more fun. It's it's, it's, it's totally fun, but it's, it's like, it, it, like, if any running back in recent history is the, is like the claw game at Dave and Buster's it's Jameer Gibbs basically. Right. For sure. For well, sure. Because, because, and this, and this is like, I don't, it, maybe it's fantasy Twitter or whatever else, but like <laughs> the, the shiny object in that is, is the quote unquote, pa- the allure of a pass catching running back is something that it is, I don't know if it's a mirage or like what, what the right word is for people, but it's, it's the shiny object that everyone chases and, you know, and, and it's fleeting. I think, I I mean, give me, give me the running back. Who's going to, who's going to pound the rock in the end zone, you know, that, that I, that has like the elusiveness and everything else. And I, you know, and, and I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances on that. Unless, unless like, you know, the profile of is someone who meets kind of those athletic and height weight thresholds and can catch passes, you know? Very much so. I, I do like those thresholds being met. I do appreciate, I'm just grateful for a back like B. John Robinson coming out this year, because we see with increasing scarcity, the bell cow nature at the running back position. He seems to be holding that down, even though you have, frankly, two really good running backs in Algier and Cordero Patterson in the backfield with him. But I just think he vaporized any meaningful opportunity for either one of them when you have a back that's as superlative as him. Okay, this is where it gets fun, though. Given that, like, you and I haven't, we we haven't, like, crafted any hot takes. We're pretty uh consensus that those five in some order will be your top five in your super flex drafts and certainly the two running backs will probably be the top two in your non-super flex drafts this is where the next tier right we have we had four wide receivers go in the first round and Mm -hmm. and you have jackson smith the jigba you have quinton johnson you have 
Jordan Addison and you have Zay Flowers. Um, the takes coming out right away. This is this is actually what hurts my heart a little bit. The takes coming out right away is like big names that I trust and analysts that I trust are immediately like, oh, we want we want Addison for this year. We think Addison this year is going to be the 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 obvious pick. Um, in RSO, I will probably be inclined to get Addison when I can, given my Homer status and given just it's fun to cheer for Vikings, but. I can't move him over JSN for the immediate season. And here's the, here's the closest thing I have to a hot take right now on this draft class, Goody. I, I don't know why in RSO on a rookie contract, I wouldn't favor Quinton Johnson. We, the, the league is a quarterback driven league. He's the only one of any of those guys that's attached to a quarterback that has proven that he can sling the football with regularity and, and is on an, on the ascent in his career, right? Like the other three, I mean, Addison, I literally don't know who the Vikings quarterback's going to be Geno Smith. Great. But you're also absolutely behind the other two wide receivers on your team. And like flowers seems great in his own way, but now you have like the, the corpse of OBJ to compete with. You've got, you've got Rashad Bateman to compete with. And most importantly, you have Mark Andrews to compete with in a target share that is just abysmal. So I actually think in that tier, the old, again, closest thing I have to a hot take is because it's all the same tier, but like, I would think I'd put QJ at the top of it. I can see where you're coming from with that, um, for sure. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at Minnesota's depth. Are you you're 100% sure that he's going to be the third receiver? In, well, are you talking about with Hawkinson, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I mean, Addison will be, I, I would yeah. wager. You're if, saying, yeah, he'll start over KJ Osborne, or like, you know, KJ Osborne's like the number three receiver. Correct, so, yeah. correct. I, yeah, I, I, I get that. And, um, but I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, for sure, for sure the, you know, for sure going in the, in as a first round pick though, like, I mean, this is, this is where, like, you know, where you and I talk pre-show about where, where's, where's the hop off point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm trading out of this and, or, or, or even trading back like, because because some of this I mean it, it, it gets pretty pretty dicey I would say after about seven I don't know that I like that, that I'd be wanting these picks and is that seven in superflex or seven in single quarterback for you um in single because quarterback, the, I think you like, you almost have to be picking a quarterback like six in in that because I'm just not that confident in these in these guys. Like you know, I I think this class is 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 kind of kind of weak in that sense, and the landing spots don't don't help matters. So, you know, also <laughs> like I might as well bring this up now. But the third running back, I, I think the the next running back off the board, obviously, and went like with Charbonnet when the in, to Seahawks in round two. He was the only running back with round two draft capital, correct? Uh, did I miss so, one? Maybe so, but on day two, you also see New Orleans selecting right. Miller. 
Yeah. That's what I was getting, but that's what I'm getting to. I mean, <laughs> what, that that's that's the one I think would like that I would be like circling on as running back three in this class, at least based on everything that I've seen and profile and, you know, the I, I mean, you have to imagine Alvin Kamara is getting suspended this year for six games. Um, so, you know, and I just think Kendra Miller's a really darn good college back who, you know, who has kind of the measurables that, you know, people, people tend to like. So the, I, don't, I don't see any reason why, you know, especially in that division that he, he can't be, you know, pretty good right away. No. So I think you're right. I think for any of our listeners listening to this, if you're sitting at one Oh six in the 2023 rookie draft, you are making the move to translate that pick either trade back if you're in a total rebuild for sure trade trade back or trade into next year's draft or turn that 106 in the enticement of these these grab bags these uh the the claws the claw game as you said i like that analogy like trade that guy and go get a veteran that you have a lot more confidence in right because you're at that point you're you've exhausted that tier of JSN, QJ, and Addison, which I, I'm comfortable with any of those three. But but Flowers, I have no confidence in. Like until, until Baltimore right. shows me that they can support a, a top wide receiver. I mean, Hollywood, with all that draft capital, had some moments with Lamar Jackson, and I'm grateful that guy got paid, and I think the league is more fun with him playing. But yeah, man, I think he supports Mark Andrews and then, and then it, not much beyond that, so... Yeah, um, I mean to be to be honest with you, like it's like one of the picks I like the most, and and you know, a couple of folks in our podcast league love, I think like the two is I mean Jalen Hyatt going to the Giants in the third round, I, I mean that, there's nothing but opportunity there. He just profiles as a type of receiver I think who's had success in New York before too. Just you know he doesn't have to be huge. I know he kind of has like Deshaun Jackson type dimensions, but. Um, I, I mean, the Giants would love would love to get their hands on Deshaun Jackson after what he did to them as an as an Eagle. So, I, I, I certainly I, I certainly think he he'd have to be up there in consideration on landing spot as well, landing spot and talent as well, like as a at least as a first round pick. But I, I mean, you're start like I said, you're starting to speculate one way or the other. Like after, I would say, say like after six or seven, six or seven in, in a super flex league and, you know, less than in almost like probably at six in, in uh, one quarterback league too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the, the difference in the super flex league, right. Is it extends that tier probably down to eight. Cause you still have those and, and pro- possibly nine. Like if you have, if you're higher on flowers than, than I am, then you have, a, then you have a tier of, yeah. Or first round wide receivers. If you if you have tight end premium, then you can start possibly talking about Dalton Kincaid and like and and throw him in the mix <laughs> based on on his attachment to Josh Allen. Um, but that now you're starting to flesh out an entire first round in Superflex. At the very end of it, there I suspect just because of positional value that Levis would creep in like a, down at the eleven or the twelve, just mm-hmm. because you want to lock in the rookie contract. So I like I like the names that you've mentioned though. I would say I, I liked I liked Miller before draft. I like that he landed yeah, in New too. Orleans and he's he's young, right? He's got plenty of time to to like be coached up and, and turn things around. 
uh, or not turn things around, but to show what he's worth. You also have uh, A-Chain going to Miami. That's what everybody's been waiting for for years is like the next running back in Miami. Uh, who knows, right? Like, I mean, it seems, tell me about this, but the, the word on the street, the, the conversations we're having on Twitter, everybody was hyped for the next Miami running back. And they, and, and I, he was getting a lot of love pre-draft, but the two have not come together in the supernova of excitement that I expected. Like a lot of people are, are, are very sympathetic to your take that Miller's number three. Some people still have Charbonnet ahead of A-Chain in like the, the running back rankings. I think I would have A-Chain at, at three or four. Like you could persuade me either way, but, um, uh, but they're, they're part of that tier that extends all the way from basically in my mind, you get that tier that like after you take Addison or Quinton Johnson, you have a tier that stretches all the way through flowers down to in a super flex league, you, you throw in hooker in there. You could really talk me into all the way down to like 23 or 24. You've got the tight ends, mayor and Laporta in there. You got Kincaid in there. And then you've got a whole bunch of wide receivers with second day draft capital that I think it's just pick who you like. There's some good landing spots there. And yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, tight end, like this, this strikes me as a draft where like, you know, in the second round of second round of leagues that tight ends are, are going to be atypically coming off the board more than, more than before, because you can just justify the landing spot or a bit or ability and, and take a chance because, you know, it's, it's as big of a coin flip as like, you know, they're more like who, who has a better college record between someone like Michael Mayer or, or, you know, or, you know, one of these like the receiver win the first round of Baltimore basically. Right. 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 Yep. Totally. So that's, so yeah, man, this, I was excited to talk these names with you. And I guess now you, you did a good job of throwing out a couple. I will say the one that has stood out to me throughout the process and the one that I would be probably higher on than many. Uh, and I would put even maybe I would, I would, I want to see what I actually do when these drafts are live and the bullets are flying because I really like Mims. I, I liked what I've heard. I've liked how he yeah. seems to be a receiver that the analytics and uh, film community have converged on. And he landed in Denver where I think there's opportunity to be had. And there's uh there's kind of a, I, I'm kind of a believer in the new Dawn coming for Denver this year. I really think Russ will revitalize to the extent that he can. And so, yeah, Mims is a, I'm a big fan of at least for the next two, three years. I think that'll be a, a good situation for him. And yeah, that's the big one. And then, and then I, I gotta be honest, the sentimental piece for me, one of my first ever Debbie drafts, I selected this tiny kid out of K-State, Deuce Vaughn. And I don't know if you've seen the the video making rounds with his dad, getting to be, make the call to him. His dad's a cowboy scout, makes the call to ask him if he wants to come to work with him. It is awesome. It's, it's, the best in sport. I know you and I both love having our, those moments with our kids. It's crazy. Nice. So, um, yeah, so that, those, that one, he, he's one that I think obviously in most reality sports online leagues, he's got to be your street free agent that you go get in auction after the draft. I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend burning a, a draft pick on him, but he might be a fun guy to like, you know, use one of your, your, your longer contracts when you're just doing 500 K a year right. and see if he turns into something. 
Yeah, and then pre-show, like I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, I mean, you mentioned, you probably know more about Roshan Johnson going to the Bears. I mean, I think like Khalil Herbert's a pretty, he was pretty dang productive when Montgomery was out. And, and you know, Deontay Foreman had a, had a pretty nice season last, last year, but doesn't really have any pass catching chops. So like, you know, so we'll we'll see what Chicago, Chicago does there. But I, I think that, that that's interesting, you know, interesting pick like obviously in in like you're if you're a three-round rookie draft you don't really have much to lose probably after you know you probably get around pick 18 in this draft beat and that's how like the no man's land kind of creeps earlier and then certainly if if somebody just like you know has scouted and really likes a guy watched a lot of college football and is willing to give you something established for you know like if you're if you're get if you're getting brand offered like Brandon Ayuk for like you know 2.04 like don't you like smash accept that? Oh my goodness, I I'm I'm so high on Ayuk. And that's just a, and that's just a random name. That's the first name that came to my head. But you know what I, you know what I'm getting at. I do, I do, I do. Well, listen, man, this has been great. Final question to get us out on the night. Yeah. A lot of people have talked about how these uh, tight end class might. Uh, stock up a position that has been a point of fantasy frustration and we have Dalton Kikade, Michael Mayer and Sammy football coming out of Iowa there so like do any of these guys and where they landed excite you and think it's worth uh, even like potential action this year or are these all guys that were were that do any of them break that mold where we you and I have typically counseled in the past don't spend a first round fantasy pick um on a tight end and yeah, capitalize on second round value, lock in those contracts. Uh, do you think any of those guys we're going to be talking about them come November, December? Are there, are any of them going to make it this year? I, I, I don't think so, but like I said, I think that the track records on a couple of these guys are, are more so than, than anything else. Like, you know, if you, if you, you know, way back when, like, you know, like you're, you're, you're kind of comparing these guys to like when the Eagles picked Dallas Goddard or whatever. And, and Dallas Goddard, I think had, you know, second round draft capital in, in most like RSO leagues. And I, I think I, I, at the time I felt way better about him than I do about like most of these guys, My, Michael, Michael Mayer is probably the one I, I just like what he did at Notre Dame. And I, I think maybe it was Krauchik or someone we were talking about was saying something about him and, you know, that he doesn't, the, the, that like he caught a lot of balls like on separation. That's not necessarily a good thing. So I, I, I don't, I don't remember what the exact narrative was, but I, you know, they vacated, vacated Darren, you know, traded Darren Waller away. I, I like, I liked Mayer enough there. I, I think that could be interesting in kind of like a, you know, in a, in a potential, like, Hey, if someone could be like Gronk, Gronk, like maybe it's this guy, like if you're, if you're trying that, um, I also, I, I don't know about this year, but from a landing spot and draft capital perspective, and I, I saw a lot of, you know, cause my, my wife, um, it went to Michigan and Michigan alum and I saw him bowl game, um, Luke, um, schoonmaker or shoemaker. I don't remember how I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Shoemaker. 
Shoemaker, like, I think he was a pretty good tight end for the Wolverines as well. So I like, you know, and vacate, you know, Dalton Schultz gone. Like I know Jake Ferguson's there, but that doesn't really do anything for me. So those, those are the two I think, I think I put my eye on, but uh, Laporte is interesting too, just because Iowa being like tight end you in a way. Right. Yeah. And so do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, Laporte is the one that is, is turning heads with this athleticism and he, just had such a garbage offensive situation. Like his coaches really stood behind him and said, like, trust us. He's just as good as these other mm-hmm. tight ends that we've had come out, which great. I, I like, I think that's another fun, any of these guys that hit, I'm going to be hyped for, but I, I am not on them for this year. Right. Like if I can get them as a toss in and if I could trade back and get an extra pick, I'll absolutely burn it on one of them. And in any of those, any of the ones that you mentioned are fine. Like actually I would, I'd burn, I, obviously Shoemaker would be the much later one, probably a third mm-hmm. round pick, but yeah. With that note, Bijan Robinson, go 101. We should be hyped for that. It has been a blast with you, Goody, where they can, where can they find you if they want to chat rookies and otherwise. They can find me at Matt Goody too. Ryan, all good to you and your family. Yeah, you can so find me love. at, at fantasy doc Oc, and we will catch you guys in a couple of weeks. All right. We'll